Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Everybody and welcome in to another episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. It is I, Colton Robertson, and today we continue our 52-year journey through film. And I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. As I said, this is our 52-year journey through film. We've gone all the way through the 70s, all the way through the 80s, all the way through the 90s, week by week, all the way through the 2000s, and it has led us here, concluding yet another decade mm. with 2009's Avatar, the highest grossing film of all time. Mm-hmm. And I can semi proudly say this is a this is a fun this is a fun movie for me because uh, I'd never seen it. Mm. The highest grossing movie of all time was one that I had never watched prior to last night. And there was, there came a point in time around like 2016 or 17 where I went, you know what? I won't watch Avatar <laughs> just, just because I was like, I haven't. And every, yeah. it seems like everyone has. And I don't, and I never had interest in it. You know, I, I don't know what it was that just like never pulled me in. Hmm. But, uh, I, I was always like, th- I was nine when it came out. So it wasn't like I was like, I got to go see Avatar in theaters. You know, it's whatever my parents are going to take me to see that I'll end up fucking seeing. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm glad I have now. You know, I'm glad I have it in my repertoire now. Uh, it's it's certainly an interesting film. Mm. And I'm excited to talk about it today. Do you know uh, when it comes like the top grossing aspect? Is the number that's on there adjusted for like from 2009 to now, or is that like what it made in 2009 as well? Like, um, it's what it's made to this point. I uh, see. Because there's been re releases. Fair. I just didn't know. Um, I mean, because the fact that it just beats Endgame is nuts. Like, it's crazy to me that this movie, like, can beat something that, that had so much history going into it like it was like one of like the most like people needed to go see this movie you know like endgame and like this is just the very beginning of it was really interesting you know endgame did pass it Mm. Mm -hmm. and you know like james cameron drafted a letter wrote like wrote to the uh, i think it was the fucking russo brothers like congratulations on having the highest grossing movie of all time (laughs) i should have put for a little because i'm about to re-release avatar uh, so he put he put Avatar back out in theaters. It climbed above above it again, and it's like, well, that's that, and it's gonna get that's re-released, awesome. or it's been re-released again last week, last Friday, mm. um, and probably again come September. Um, yeah, I wonder, uh, like, because right now I'm looking at the numbers. It's about like it's about 500 million above Endgame. 
Yeah, which is, you know, it, it Avatar made $2.8 billion. Um, and then Endgame made 2.7, almost, well, oh, never mind. My math is a little off. Um, $50 million dollars above okay. not 500 i was like um, <laughs> oh my god it re-released and grossed 500 million there are movies that don't even make that on original yeah, release sorry. 50 million okay that um, makes me that makes me feel <laughs> a lot better about it but uh i mean that's that's nuts and then the next closest after endgame is titanic with 2.2 million another james yeah. cameron yeah that man has the bag uh, at this point, but let's let's lay the groundwork for the people. This is Avatar, released on December eighteenth, two thousand nine, written and directed by James Cameron. And it's interesting, you know. This is our third stop on the James Cameron train, in uh, in this fifty-two year journey through film. We've covered the Terminator and we've covered Aliens, mm. um, both way back in the eighties, uh, both in the back in the month of April, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's been a few months since we last discussed uh, a, uh, some James Cameron flicks, but I can I'm I'm pretty confident when I say that this was his best uh, visual story. Mm. You know, I think I, I think I overall enjoy Aliens more. I think there's something there that ultimately ends up hitting a little harder for me, but. Not to take away from Avatar, this movie was this movie was exceptionally well done. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we got Sigourney Weaver, you know, kind of got her back, kind of cool. And I, I was wondering if uh, there was a line where um, someone says like, "You're the man, Doc," you know, to her. And I wonder if that oh, was a subtle, like, subtle like aliens kind of like, uh, you know, because I think I, I can't remember if if they did refer to her as like, she's like the, the manliest man out of all of us or like something like, you know, like something yeah, like I that. Think like I, whenever they're, hmm. There's a vibe there for sure. You know, Sigourney, Re- Sigourney Weaver carries this air of just like badass respectability. Like yeah. you're like, I got to listen to her. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, she's, she's absolutely awesome. And she's absolutely awesome in this movie. You know, like as Her's I was watching line. it, where's my goddamn cigarette? What's yeah. wrong with this picture? You know, like she instantly comes out like that. So, oh, I loved it. I loved it. And you know, if like there was any obvious uh, award to be given out for this decade for me, it was best supporting actress for Sigourney Weaver. Uh, I thought she did absolutely fucking awesome in this in this role. I really, really enjoyed it. But uh, you know, when it. I was, I was worried they were gonna like, uh, and she did prioritize science above all else, mm. ultimately, you know, which less so than the military, but was still like less so than the military was fucked up, but was still a little like, eh, you looked out for the people, but only because you needed to study them. Mm. Yeah. Like uh, even like whenever she's being taken, you know, like, for, for, like she's dying and like she needed help. She's like, I need to take some samples. You know, that that's what she says instead of like, yeah. oh my God, I'm here, you know, or whatever. Right. I guess her intentions were more, were, were you know. Oh yeah, certain, there's, there's these layers to the things, you know. Uh, we start this movie with Jake Sully, who is uh, stepping in for his deceased brother, who actually studied and did all, all the stuff for this mission, was ready to go undercover. Uh, 
but this this guy is being kind of used, Jake Sully. You know, to to a to a certain extent. You know, you see her, uh, mm. or you see him meet with his commanding officer, and him be like, uh, "Well, you're going to report back to me, and if you get me what I want, I can get you your legs back." Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, I have the means to make that happen, <laughs> no matter what. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But only if you do this for me will you get your legs back. I could give it to you right now and make your life a whole lot easier, and you could do my job that I want you to a whole lot easier. But uh, not until you give me exactly what I want will I give that to you. Yeah, like they made they did a great job of making you hate the military and this corporation. Offer it. Like, and that's the thing that like got me is that like this is a company that's like this isn't like like government or whatever. This is just a company that's trying to do the best they can for their shareholders. You know, like what what do what do shareholders hate? Shit in Terminator with Skynet. It was the same Mm -hmm. shit in Aliens. Yeah, like what do what do shareholders hate more than than bad press? It's 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 their quarterly. You know, earnings or blah blah blah. And it's like, oh, fuck. Are you kidding? Like, damn. And then, like, every time that, that, uh, I don't know, there was, like, one of the moments that, that I, like, I loved. And whenever I was watching this for, like, the first time, I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe this is where they get it. Is whenever Sigourney Weaver is, like, explaining to them, like, their neural network and, like, treat how everything's mm. connected. And, like, that's not where the money is. You know, you think your money's in unobtainium, blah, blah, blah. But, like, no, it's, like, this beautiful, it's the whole planet. Like, that, it's like, and, and you know, you just see them like, what are you, what have you been smoking? You know, that's instantly what they say. They have to like, God, it was the yeah. worst. I fucking hated those guys, man. All, every single shitty thing mm. in movies is capitalists ignoring scientists. Don't look up. Don't look up, uh, real life. Um, mm. <laughs> Jurassic all sorts Park. of shit. Uh, you know, this is this is the launching off point for all sorts of disastrous occasions. And, you know, through the first, like, 45 minutes of this movie, you know, like we have. And even to an extent throughout the movie, I had to remind myself what I was liking about the movie because mm-hmm. I felt like. Uh, even though they presented this message of anti-imperialism. Uh, against you know like we got the the militaristic entity invading a an indigenous land and the people defending their land from said invaders uh native people defending their land from invaders like that's that's an idea i can absolutely get behind and want to see unfold Mm. um my issue came when they don't center the the people they center jake sully's struggle and trying to help the people. Mm. And it felt it felt a little weird to me at points. I was like a uh, it could it felt like it should have been some of the things Jake Sully does. He should have been standing alongside Zoe Saldana's character as she does them. Mm. Like he shouldn't have been the one who's like the the Skywalkers want to come and kill us. Yeah. Bro, you are a Skywalker. Yeah, like it felt weird every time that he, like, even though he went through the ceremony and everything, he became one of them. Like, it felt weird every time he said, like, brother or and um, us like and us and, and like, like uh, people. And I was just like, I don't know, you know, man. Like, I, I, I think he can be introduced into the 
into the tribe of sorts and like uh, they can do all these ceremonies and stuff. But in doing that, he needs like you're telling me all all of these all of these Navi, they have leaders mm. that are expressly laid before us. They show us all of them. They're all very much alive when mm-hmm. Jake Sully steps up, you know, and it's like, I don't know. It feels like he should have been like maybe a part of a council with them and told them like, so this is what they're doing. Like double agent it, not take mm. over as leader of sorts. Like it felt weird. It felt white saviory. And I didn't I didn't really love it. But nevertheless, Could've I just... think the story they spun ended up being ended up working pretty well. Um And I mean like overall. It would like I think what have made a lot more sense in my mind is like at the very end, do they finally like accept him? Like even whenever he rides, is it Toruk? Toruk. Taruk. Um, even when he comes in on Taruk, they're all like, oh shit. Like, okay. Like, maybe that would have been the moment where they could have been like, sure. Mm-hmm. But like, they followed, like, I felt like what would have been the most, like, made the most sense is like whenever he left his old body and was now just, you know, in the Navi body and like, that's it. He's no longer like a human anymore, really. You know, like, maybe like that's the point. Where they're like, you know what? Okay, this dude's for real. Like he he is one of us now, right. like legitimately. But like, and like, I have to remind myself, this is a sci-fi movie, mm. and that's why they can get away with something like this: the inhabiting the body of a native and uh, of a native person by a white man. It feels weird, like like ultimately being like, uh, and you know, like I I got it from a. I get it from a Jake Sully standpoint, you know, like a, uh, I can walk in this body. I can run, I can live, I can jump. I can, I can do all of this when I'm in this body. And that's, you know, that's gotta be tempting, mm. but it almost feels like his wanting to be in a part of the crew is a product of that. True. It's yeah. like, and I mean, even the, the corporation dude, forgot uh parker selfridge uh character's name um even he like legitimately like states it he's like what isn't the whole point of this this science project so that you can look like them talk like them so that you can convince them to leave you know like that's like the whole reason they started this like it's not not for the science you know it's it's to get them you can get them out of there so we can mine on obtaining it and like and so, you know, Jake knew that from the very beginning and he tells them at the end, he's like, yeah, I, I knew that this would happen from the very beginning. All and too like, late. Yeah. Um, you know, if he really cared about the people, maybe like he would have told them that very important piece of information a little earlier. I guess they wouldn't have trusted him yet. And maybe that's what he was holding off for. Um, but like maybe that makes them trust him more in saying like, hey, my own race is doing this and I am going against them. I'm telling you this information. They don't want me to tell you. Um, and it, it, and it should like, I, he should have told them much earlier. You know, I, I think he should have, but like, and then I look at the movie and there's like an hour and 15 minutes left when he tells them, mm. but like, uh, there should have been, it should have came a lot earlier. He knew he was falling for, uh, Zoe Saldana's character mm-hmm. much earlier in the movie. He knew how much he loved being here as compared to the real world. There's a point early on in the movie where he's like, 
like there, I, there's coming a point where that feels like the real world and this feels fake. Mm. Like, I don't even know who I am anymore. And it's like, uh, it feels like that's the point. Yeah. That's like 45 minutes into the movie. Mm. Yeah. He comes in this very brute Marine and he's like, you're never not a Marine. You know, you, you, whatever happens to you, you keep that attitude, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And then like you hear him say, I don't know who I am anymore. I like, I, this is my life now. You know, like my reality is becoming the dream and my dream is becoming my reality. You know, mm. like, um, and like, I don't know, like beautiful character development there, you know, could have just been worked on a little bit more and like, Oh yeah. Like that's the, the thing but. is it's, it's extremely well-intentioned, mm. you know, like there, there is, it's not from a place of like, we expressly want the white man to be the one who saves them. Yeah. yeah. Like that's not what happened with James Cameron's writing of this movie. No, it was yeah. just a, it was a product of him being a white man writing this script. I guess frame this in real world terms. It's like it's Christopher Columbus coming over to the United States and being like, having some way to put himself into a native American's body and being like, Hey, Leave this land uh, or else we will kill you and take everything from you. Like, that's what this is in human terms, which, like, never oh, yeah. crossed and my mind. That's why at it all. has to yeah. be alien, yeah. blue aliens on a different planet. Because, like, mm-hmm. as I'm watching it, I'm like, man, if this is in any real world context, this movie is fucking panned. You yeah. know, like, it's like, <laughs> this should not have happened. It should not have been made. Mm-hmm. Um and so, like, it, that has to be considered when it, when it comes to, like, a metaphorical context, you know? Like, that is the point of this movie. Mm. It's for you to think about real-world imperialism and colonialism mm-hmm. and uh, the the seizing of native lands and uh, for, for the gain of resources, the exploitation of uh, native lands. And, uh, and I guess for the movie, they probably, like the big events that they knew needed to happen was a war. Like, I think they needed a war for their action sequence. You know, like they needed that for the movie. And maybe that's why they had Jake hold off for a while is because they wanted it to escalate to this point. Um, I mean, like, uh, I, um, I, I don't know. I, I personally I mean, don't like, I am all in all. Okay. With the story as it unfolds. I just am not a huge fan of the treatment of Jake Sully's character. Like everyone around him, I think they kind of they pretty much nailed the archetypes, like what they were what they were trying to do. Mm. Uh like the only my only complaints come when like whenever he tells them like he should sit down with the leaders Zoe Saldana's father not and her mother yeah. and go, so here's what's happening. Tell your people we need to do something mm. instead of standing before them and being like, the Skywalkers are coming. Mm. We need to go. I don't know. It feels it's just like like he seizes the opportunity mm. to do it. And like, I guess he only had an hour to do so. You know, like they were right. already on their way. It's like we obviously want these things to happen. But like the company and the military is kind of forcing his hand in a little like in a way. I can um, see that for sure. But yeah. like could have been very easy for him to be like, yo, I can't communicate with your people as well as you can. Let me just take you aside, not freak uh, everyone out right away. No reason uh, for me to think I know better. Yeah. Um and like that's that's ultimately where like I, I start to like lose steam is that it it feels like it's coming from a place of like 
y'all need to listen to me. And they like, they objectively do. They need to hear what he has to say. It's just, uh, it, it, it comes from a weird place of where he's like, uh, it just feels like he, he seems to think he knows better mm-hmm. and he knows what's coming, which so, so like he does know he just needed to play more of the double agent thing, not, mm. not reporting back. And then he gave them everything they needed. Mm. Yeah. Everything. They didn't need anything more from him. The one thing, like at the very end, whenever they like transfer his body over and he like, he wakes up, like it's, it's a very cool ending and like, Oh, know, very cool. Like, like it's awesome. like, Oh yes, there's absolutely like, going to be more avatars after, uh, Dr. Augustine goes through this. Why wasn't Jake like, Hey, we should do this with me so that they can't do anything to, you know, like, should it, like, I don't know. Like, what, like, I, like, that was my only thing is like, why don't, why don't you just do that right now? Like, your, your hut is like a little bit away from, from this exact location. Like, you, you are like not that, you are a little flight away, you know, like minutes away from this. Um, I guess it was, it was like a last resort war and everything. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know. I guess like this is the jump off point. You know, we are getting four movies, like at least. Um, yeah. Is it four more? Like they're going up to five, or is five. it? Five. They're supposed to be five Avatar movies, and it's been rumored that like they'll be like anthology films. Like they're not necessarily connected, but they're hmm. all within the same universe. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Uh, with the same people, the Navi. But uh, maybe they twist it in in a way where um because the way i was thinking is like maybe these uh you know the five people in history that have have gotten to the point that jake got to you know like maybe their souls are connected in a way to where it's like a reincarnation sort of thing and like that's why like they call they instantly call him i forgot what the name for writer like uh toruk something like the writer of toruk basically yeah um, maybe they'll spin it in a way to be like, he's just like reincarnated, you know, it's like the same energy, the same soul, you know, stuff like that. And maybe that it's, a, it's some, you know, something, but like he did come from earth and he was just a Marine. And I don't know. He was like, just a, like, that's, that's my thing is that like, uh, the, the idea that this human man would have any sort of soulful tie to the, the land that they have. Some weird messaging. What's like, their, uh, is it E? What's their deity? Like their god called E? Oh, Ewa, Ewa, Etia. Or, uh, I cannot remember exactly. And I mean, I guess like we have a lot more uh, to go. You know, like there's a lot of stuff that we just don't know. Like, I mean, Sigourney Weaver, like when she was dying, you know, she was like, I, I'm with her. She is real. You know, like so. You get that, and then Jake goes through the same exact experience. He has mm-hmm. to go through, you know, has to go whatever their their verbiage was. Basically, she was saying, like, you need to die and then come back in order for this to work, I think is, like, what they were getting at. Like, you need to go through the eye or something, you know, like that, and, and then return. Um, so, like, Jake seemingly has met with, you know, their god and everything, and, like, we will probably learn a whole lot more of how it works. Um but, like, he's instantly, like, known as, like, you have a good heart and, like, the the little soul, little, ah, I forget, 
what everything's called, but those little white butterfly esque. You know, those are like, dope. Yeah, uh, and they they you know one of like my favorite like shots is just like when they're all uh, all over his body, um, and it just shows like the both of them standing there like on top. Of the tree. It's just so beautiful. Um, oh, but maybe cool. like you know maybe they they see the future in some sort of way. You know, like they they they're not living in just the present in the now. They know that that Jake will be the one to reunite everyone and, and everything. So that's why they, they choose him sort of thing. I don't know. Like, I guess these next movies could frame this one in a better light and like show some things that are better. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, it is kind of weird whenever you do frame in that lens that like, like, like this monologue, the sky people have sent us a message that they can take whatever they want. That no one can stop them. Well, we will send them a message. You ride out as fast as the wind can carry you. You tell the other clans to come. Tell them Taruk Makto calls to them. Mm. You fly now with me, my brothers, sisters, and we will show the sky people that they cannot take whatever they want. And that this, this is our land. I don't know, man. I don't know, Chief. It just, like, that monologue works so much better coming from Zoe Saldana's character. You know, like, it just, it just does. Mm. Um, for me, you know, and I think it could have been, like, based off a conversation they had seconds before that. Like, mm. he, he relays this information to her. He tells her this stuff, and then she's like, you see what they've done? You know, like, it just makes so much more sense for her to be the one who rises up and is like, y'all need to listen. Um, mm. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, this was kind of my first true watch of this movie. Cause the last time I did watch it, I was probably 12 or 13 years old. Right. So like I, you know, I saw big military guys and I'm like, Oh, like that dude looks cool. He has so cool scars on his head, you know, like, true. and I'm like, I'm not thinking of him as like the instant enemy, like of this movie. Oh yeah. Um, but like watching it now, you know, I'm, I'd say that this is my first true watch of the movie and like, yeah, through a critical lens. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's visually great. The story is amazing. Like they're oh, like, yeah. all, like, like, it is an epic yeah. narrative. That's mm-hmm. like, that is really cool. Uh, like, and it, it does have this sort of like a matrixy chosen one sort mm-hmm. of feel to it. It's just weird who the chosen one is. Yeah. Um, like uh that's that I think the narrative they've spun is awesome. It's just weird it's just weird the way it plays out. Hmm. Um I guess I'm looking and, at these other awards here. And uh set design, I feel like Avatar has to be in here, uh yeah. just for the VFX and everything that that it you know kind of set in place. But that means we have to get rid of one of our nominations here. Um I think I we'll think silently so. remove one. Um yeah. And and just slide slide them in there. I think quick. so. I think um, so. But I was wondering if if you had any other uh, nominations you were you were wanting. To uh, make. yeah, I think that Zoe Saldana deserves a Best Actress nod because I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you you know this is this is Gamora, you know we love mm. we love Zoe Saldana. Um, I was wondering to myself while watching this if it was 100% CG mm. or if it was motion capture. And Zoe Saldana is so talented that I knew she was motion capturing 
her character. Mm-hmm. That's what let me know, know, oh, this is motion capture is the way she did things. Cause I was like, oh, that's Gamora. Mm-hmm. The way, like the way she moved her hands and stuff. I was like, so I was like, you know what? Respect out the ass for Zoe Saldana's performance because it's so clearly bled through. It is insane that like, Whenever you think of what the actors and actresses have to do here, they're on a completely blue screen set. They're not seeing any of this at all. They are just acting in the moment. They are told, hey, you're on this massive 500 foot tree. You're up here. You're about to like, I don't know, you're having just like, they're told these things. They don't see it. You know, only Mm. the director has seen it through their like, their camera. And like, it's a very, very fudgy version of it it's not like finished and finalized it's just a very like video game-esque version so like they're not seeing any of this and they're just having to act through it which is nuts um and yeah like the you could just tell like the facial movements too like whenever Mm -hmm. like they hiss you know or like like you know like and just like seeing like all the emotion and like expression like it it, you can tell it's not just cg Um, i think it was the part where jake confesses like I knew, I knew this was coming and she like, she like can't even speak. She's so angry and she like, she just kind of like moves her arms around. And I was like, that's Zoe Saldana. Like I, 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 I see it. It's so crazy because she is a fucking blue alien in this movie mm-hmm. that is CG. Uh, but it just, it just came through so effectively. So I like, I had to, I had to give Zoe Saldana the nod there. Uh, Sam Worthington as Jake Sully was solid. But I don't think he's I don't think he's best actor nod worthy amongst those uh, amongst those other uh, candidates that we have here. Mm. Uh, I just I yeah. I can't see him quite fitting in. And I mean, there were some great supporting actors, but definitely not enough to overtake any of the best supporting actors we have here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Sigourney Weaver and Zoe Saldana, those were really the two that did it for me and the soundtrack the soundtrack killed i mm. fucking loved the music in this movie yes what um, costume design was is that i mean they did kind of have to create a species but is that really costume design there you know like that, yeah that's what's interesting is that like uh it feels like it's for the human costumes it's kind of like they're just lab coats and they're just military suits military, it's just like, yeah, whatever like, um so yeah i i had a little bit of a hang up on costume design just because like uh that's more of a VFX mm-hmm. accomplishment as opposed to actual co- costume design. I, and uh, I think I think we can go ahead and throw James Cameron a best director nod for uh, for for this movie. You know, like uh, go ahead and fill out that uh, mm-hmm. fill out that slot there. But I I still sit in a pretty firm place where we have one candidate for best writer right now like i i don't know how we hit 10 movies where we were like nine of them were not crazy well written they were just entertaining uh yeah wow that's yeah i mean because training day we were like just kind of felt a little weak on the writing side. Gladiator was only till the very end where, you know, like and, you know, that one, that one like will maybe, probably end up coming back up yeah. as like, a, like the, the other nominees that we'll have to fill out with. Bill could be up there, but it's not to the level that like that Slumdog, Slumdog was. Like that, yeah. was just, that was just so much better written than every other movie this decade. And it's just so, it's just so painstakingly obvious. Mm. Uh, 
But yeah, nevertheless, I think Sigourney Weaver and uh, Zoe Saldana are definitely my nods in terms of the actor and actress categories from this movie. Um, Sam Worthington was solid, you know, like he did, he did good enough. But like, even aside from the military man thing he had going on in the first several minutes of the movie, when, like, when he first showed up, as the avatar in on their lands, like, and he like was like, "Yeah, what's up, punk ass?" Mm. Mm-hmm. I was like, "I fucking hate this guy." Mm. Yeah. Um, I was like, and they were going for like a douchey thing where he's going to see some character development, and I get that for sure. Um, but he doesn't change a lot, you know. Like a- any change he goes through, he's forced to to go through. Um. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just. I mean, the other people that are up here, like Russell Crowe, you know, as Maximus. Denzel as Alonzo. Denzel as Frank Lucas. DiCaprio as as Billy. Um, Matthew Lillard as Shaggy. Of course. I mean, it's kind of unfair to put him there. You know, like obviously, like if Scooby Doo could be in every category, and like they'd win every single one. So yeah, it's kind it's of unfair. Un, kind of unfair to to put them anywhere. But I mean, um, and. Another another place we can put some respect on Avatar here is the CG characters. You know, this has been a decade where we've seen a rise in that, you know, compared to uh, previous decades. You know, we had Scooby. We had King Kong. Uh, we have Avatar here. Mm. And it's it's it is really cool to see the evolution of VFX in a way over the course of it. Like a uh, question. Which movie did you like visually more? King Kong or Avatar? I, I was thinking about this as I was watching it, right? Mm. Um, for the love of God, one of these, one of these Avatar sequels should be directed by Peter Jackson. Mm. And one of them should be directed by Steven Spielberg. But I, I'd say Avatar was stunning. Just absolutely stunning at points. You know, like the environments they built. Uh, but I thought there were more, uh, there was like this, it was obviously fantastical. Mm. And so was King Kong, you it know, like more realistic. You know, it was still jungle and, uh, st- like, but like the luminescent fields that we see in Avatar here where they're like every step glows and like that shit was pretty. Mm. Like, don't get me wrong. It was gorgeous, but like the certain realism to the, to the, the feel of uh ah, what's skull island i said mm-hmm. middle earth because that's mm-hmm. lord of the rings but uh uh of skull island and king kong was just uh it was just really 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 effective you know i thought that i think one of the advantages that king kong has is being able to have one of those cg characters acting opposite a actual live action character Mm. Not not another CG character, you know, like it part of the thing that did ground it in the realism in King Kong was I mean, King Kong looked like a giant fucking gorilla. Like mm. I'll say, like, if there was any I loved the way the avatars looked. I still think King Kong is our most impressive visual feat of of this decade in terms of like making it look real and convincing to me. It was just like their facial capture as well. You know, Andy circus doing his thing. Andy circus. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of there. Like 
Avatar, you have these crazy floating mountains and, and you know, amazing, like, god trees and home tree that are, like, oh, shit, you know, that are, like, gorgeous. Yeah. But, like, like, it was... King Kong had to do that with New York. And... And like, I'd say all the creatures King Kong brought to the table on Skull Island, they look a lot more real to me than a lot of the characters Avatar brings to the table. Um, and, you know, they had to spend a lot more money on the the avatars because those are hard like even as good as they look it took me a while to get adjusted to Mm -hmm. recognizing them as looking real Mm -hmm. like i their long ass arms were a little awkward to see at times and it was like uh and it it was never for too long but there were definitely shots where it was like that was weird uh but it it, they really really reined it in over the course of the movie like uh if there's anything this movie fucking nailed it's visual effects like this shit was gorgeous uh it's like I'm comparing it to King Kong, which is just I've I said on that episode was one of my favorite vi- movies visually ever. Uh, so it it is hard to say, but yeah, we're uh, we're only a couple months out now from Avatar: The Way of the Water. Yeah, I wonder how, like, with the technology we have now, like, because I can't really use the volume is the thing because you can't. There's still how 10 foot tall avatars, you know, like you can't just be put in, I don't know. Like, I'm curious on what, if they'll still just stick with facial tracking and like still stick with the way they shot the first one or like, I think, uh, I think they have this opportunity to not only improve visual effects, but a chance to, um, fix what they did mm-hmm. with Sam Worthington's character in terms of like, a. But like pumping him up as some sort of messianic figure mm. within the Navi race, like that's. And I weird. guess at the very end, he did say like there wasn't a need for. Uh, man, I keep forgetting the word for like the rider of Toruk. Um, but he's like, there's no need for Macto. Yeah, Toruk Macto. Yeah, there you go. There was no need for for him anymore. And then you see like Toruk, I guess, fly away like on his own. You know, like did he? like leave him for good is he like Never saying yes like is that a thing that can happen you know like uh he already had you know the bond with his first one and like he just kind of jumped onto Taruk and just made it happen and maybe that was like um i don't know they're you know goddess letting it happen because it you know needed to happen in order to save mm. the people and everything um but I guess I don't know. I, I'm very curious on where the second movie will go. If it will be taking, do we know like the the plot line at all? Like, do we know if it picks up right for where we left off? Or uh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say. You know, like uh, they're they've released the cast list and stuff, and uh, fairly certain it's all the it's all the same actors. I'm pretty sure Zoe Saldana will be back and uh, mm-hmm. Sam Worthington, and uh, mm. but I'm pretty sure we're bringing on Michelle Yeoh. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Uh, she'll be Diesel. another doctor. Oh, Vin Diesel. <laughs> uh, Jermaine Clement. Yeah. Edie Falco. Man. We got a cool, we got a cool cast for the second one here. Uh, um, I love maybe some Michelle Yeoh, so I hope she's a much bigger part of what they're about to do. But, uh, Oh, wow. Okay. Jake, Sully, and Atiri have formed a family and are doing everything they can to stay together. However, they must leave their home and explore the regions of Pandora when an ancient threat resurfaces. Hmm. 
oh, the humans come back. I, I guess, duh. The humans are going to come back with full. Oh form. yeah, like and like yeah. I, duh, I didn't even think about that. Um, yeah, there's not like the. They might have stopped this advance, but like they still have all that unobtainium, mm-hmm. and as long as they have all those resources, imperialists will try to take them. And the tree is now gone. It is they can mine like it's. It's already gone and over mm-hmm. with. So they're they're going to be like, oh well, we need to go back. It's all like we already done. You know, we did the dirty work. Um, we just need to go mine the shit now. Damn it! <laughs> um, I was hoping it, it was be interesting there, though, because but... it seems like time has passed. You know, given uh, they have a family and they're trying to protect them. You know, maybe it's like a uh, like the unobtainium has already been sort of mm. mined. Like they did, they did that. And they avoided that area for as long as they could. And it's like, but, you know, who knows? Who knows after all? But uh, do we be ready for the uh, rating system? I think I do be ready. All right. Let's uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go over it again for the for the folks who uh, might be joining us for the first time. Uh, you know, we, we've kind of just been rolling into the rating section mm. without explanation for like weeks now. So uh, if you've caught on, you've caught on. But uh I'm going to go ahead and lay it before you again. Uh, We have three separate ratings. We have our enjoyment. It's just how much the movie connects with us. Uh, You know, how, how overall do you, are you digging this movie? Uh, Completely subjective. However you want to rate it, that's how you rate it. Uh, And then how it fulfills its genre. Uh, How effectively was it, and and this would be an action adventure of sorts. How effectively was this an action adventure sci-fi flick? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm assuming that'll do pretty well. Uh, but then uh, the last one is critically overall as a film. And that's where we take into account uh, VFX, acting, soundtrack, direction, writing. All of it goes into that rating and we decide just how good the movie was. We take those three ratings, we add them up, divide them by three, get that average, and that becomes our overall rating for the film. That is the Penny Bloom film rating system. So... We usually start with enjoyment. I say we begin here. Mm-hmm. And looking at these, you know, the the other enjoyment lists, you know, other other movies. Um, I mean, I'm thinking I'm above a four or five. You know, I I I think that's definitely a floor. Um, and I mean, I don't know. Maybe it does just kind of slot in with uh, some other yeah, you know, sci-fi got- movies here. Of- we- well, and James Cameron movies, mm-hmm. uh, Aliens and Terminator, both at four eight, uh, previously, and so as compared to those flicks, how are you feeling about Avatar as far as connection to the connection to the story? Hmm. I think I can get behind this story a little easier than Aliens and Terminator. Actually, uh, it's just kind of like up up our at like conservationist and and you know. Science and like I, I oh, think yeah, like know, like Sam Worthington says like they've destroyed their they've destroyed their planet they're, where we come from there is no green it's mm-hmm. set in like twenty one fifty four or some mm-hmm. shit like that so they're like yeah we destroyed Earth so I mean and and there's you know in Aliens there's like the mother daughter aspect where you know it's it's very that's where the enjoyment kind of comes and like the sci fi stuff is cool but it's more of like the emotional resonance where where I'm going in for that movie and Terminator. Um, it's kind of just more the, the sci-fi. Yeah, more the sci-fi there. Um, so I think I don't know. I think I don't. If I'm not above 
aliens by a lot, if any. Um, I think it, it kind of just ties with it, maybe. All um, right. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Cause, uh, I think personally, I enjoyed, I think I enjoyed aliens more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, like, I, I enjoy Avatar cunning, more than The Breakfast Club and Godfather yeah, Part like, 2, I think, I think. I can watch this movie pretty casually, mm-hmm. pretty easily, you know, and it, it is these visuals. They are stunning. Like, uh, that, that is something I'll definitely return to this movie for is just how gorgeous the movie is. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think I think a 4.8 is, is a fair place for it to slot in at. All right. Genre-wise, I mean... Feels feels pretty pretty five out of five y for feels sci-fi. Pretty required viewing here. Yeah. It's if if you're talking sci-fi, you know I mean it is the top grossing movie of all time, and that shouldn't really matter uh when it comes to ranking. I mean it's it's kind of important to to think why it's the top grossing movie of all time. Um and I think it was just a, a product of the time. You know, it was a movie that people were blown away by. You know, like Blu-ray was kind of a new thing. And this was like one of the first movies I remember people getting in Blu-ray um, because right. like the sound and, and the vision, you know, visually it was so amazing. But I, I really think it was just kind of people saw this in theaters and they were like, oh, my God, like the action was very cool. And like we saw a huge war break out in front of us. And the sci-fi aspect was was really fun. It was super original. And it was like we very haven't, epic. Yeah, haven't seen like this it before. Was, um, yeah, it was it was stunning sci-fi stuff you know like uh, as far as sci-fi is concerned this is alongside like terminator and aliens as far as being required science fiction viewing you you, you got to watch avatar mm. uh overall though critically as a film this is where i go the weakest mm-hmm. with it um because the story is kind of where we come back to is, is kind of the biggest aspect of this rating uh, no matter how well the performances were, no matter how visually stunning it was, uh, the story, that's, that's what you're watching a movie for, you know, yeah. and that, that's what this movie's being made for in the first place. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think, uh, the story has the bones to be awesome. I don't think it, I don't think it takes the full leap. I'm going to tell you personally, my ceiling is 4.5. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking at all these movies and I'm like, as high as I will go, we gave aliens a four, three. I'm a go four, two, five. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's in bad company. You know, it's with the breakfast club and and a clockwork orange, you know, it's, um, but yeah, I I do think aliens was executed better, um, as a film, as a story, you know, and that, that came out long before, um, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of get distracted by all the visuals and, and all these things that are happening, but it's the story, you know, that comes down with this rating. That's, that's what is most important. And I yeah, feel it just had some, it just had some iffy storytelling elements, you know, like there were amazing performances. Uh, there's, there's absolutely no doubt there. Um, Zoe Saldana, Sigourney <laughs> Weaver bodied this shit. Uh, the, uh, soundtrack rocked. The VFX were stunning. Um, but beyond that, it's pretty awesome. Uh, average, it's point zero two below Aliens. Um, aliens at a four point seven, and Avatar coming in at four point six eight on That's average. Exactly where you need it, and uh, and yeah, I think I think that that works out pretty perfectly here. Um, 
comfortable where it is. You know, I think where it, where this movie does shine is in the genre and in the enjoyment rating. You know, if you can kind of get past some of the storytelling, you know, that devices that they're using here, um, it's, you know, it's just a great movie to, to put on and watch in the background. You know, you can don't have to really pay attention a whole lot. You can come in, mm. in and out. Um, yeah, I think I'm comfortable where that's at for sure. Yeah, I think I am too. And that ultimately shakes out to a 4.68 out of 5, uh, which is uh, still a glowing, glowing score over a 9 out of 10. Um, very, very uh, impactful movie. And like we've, like we've gone over on many occasions, we're pretty loving critics. Mm-hmm. You're going to, you gotta, you gotta fuck up for us to not, not give you at least a four out of five. True. Um, yeah. And I guess, I mean, on, in our average, you know, it's, it's ranked number 26, uh, but technically that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, our 14th ranked movie, uh, you know, 26, you know, uh, we, we yeah, have a, a, lot, a, lot a lot of, of movies. ties in that top 26, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, I think, I don't know. I think it's, it's sitting where it's supposed to um, all these movies that are above it. I think are above it. Yeah. They're, they're dead. They definitely are. There's not a movie that, that is above it that I feel like, Oh, maybe, maybe Avatar's a little better. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. It's, it's below aliens, but above Terminator. Like in that, that, that's on right average, where I wanted it. Yeah. So I mean, in terms of the James Cameron movies, I think I definitely liked it more than Terminator, but I don't think I liked it quite as much as Aliens. Hmm. That's exactly where I ended up. So, uh, and the rating reflects it. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I, I'm happy when shit works out that way. That always, that's always satisfying. Hmm. Uh, but with that, I suppose that concludes this episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast, uh, and thus the decade hmm. of the 2000s. Oh yeah. Uh, a 4.77 uh, for for this month, um, which places it 0.01 below the month of July. Um, so it didn't quite beat July. Definitely didn't beat May. Um, but, okay. May was awesome. too strong. And the, May was too strong. The decade score, let me calculate that up really quick, would be a 4.52. So... Technically, the the '90s beat it out. Uh, did have a lot of other movies that that went into it, um, you know, with with the week of of uh, of 1994. Um, but I mean, a 4.52 that places it as the second, you know, second highest decade that we have. That to me is genuinely shocking. And I guess uh, the '80s and the '70s. They had Taxi Driver. They had Mash, uh, Spaceballs, Spaceballs. Yeah, th- those those will always kind of come back to haunt those months and, and year and, and decades. Um, and I think now the movies that we're picking that are are from two thousand on, they're all going to be like epic films. You know, like yeah. there's so many more movies that have been made um, in these in these years and. I mean, just looking at the list, like it's it's hard to get a bad movie um, whenever you have so much to choose from and, and and stuff like that. But but yeah, I don't know. I think I don't know. Maybe if we maybe maybe we go back and and uh, 
and, and replace Scarface and, and Spaceballs one day and, you know, see, some, see we pick a more some. critically, a, a, you know, acclaimed film and see how that shakes it out. But, you uh, know, it, it, these things happen the way they happen, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with what we've done here. So uh, with that, we conclude the odds. And thus we're on to the tens, baby. We've got very little time left. That's like 13 movies. Yeah. We've only got 13 weeks left in the year, buddy, and uh, I'm very, very excited. The uh, 2010s have so much, so much fun and so much heartbreak, and somehow heartbreak feels good in a place like this, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, in these films. But, uh, yeah, with that, we conclude this episode of the Penny Bloom podcast. Uh, if you would... Head to patreon.com slash corobloom where you'll find over 24 hours of exclusive content. Uh, all that money goes back into making sure I can put this podcast on. Uh, so that's a huge help. If you would head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, where uh, if if our movie for the next week is to change. Right now we're kicking off the 2010s with a uh, 2010s Inception. Christopher Nolan, Leonardo DiCaprio, all the all the biggins there. It'll be a fun, fun way to kick off the 2010s. And, uh, if that's to change, it won't, but if that's to change, it will be on Twitter. You'll find that at Penny Bloom Pod. Follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Um, if you're fucking with me and Joe currently, uh, we're, we're covering House of the Dragon mm. on, on, on Mondays. Those episodes are coming out. Uh, loving, loving that Game of Thrones content right now. You know, you know how it is. Uh, House of the Dragon ongoing. That'll be on Mondays. Uh, and because we have Mondays occupied right now, our decade awards for the 2010s or the 2000s, my bad, will be next Wednesday. Uh, we'll, we'll reflect on all of these epic, epic films we saw from the Ots. Uh, in that episode, hand out our, our awards for best actors and actresses, supporting actors and actresses, writers, directors, soundtrack, all that, and all the fun shit you know from our previous decade awards. Uh, it'll all be there. That's next Wednesday, the 2000s Decades Awards. Uh, but yeah, with that, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Well, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. Remember, peace, love, and bloom. And I see you. Thank you. (laughs) 